This evening's Dharma talk is titled Velcro Conclusions, Sticky Conclusions. And conclusions are okay. They're, they're doing that all the time. We, this happens and that, that moves and this moves, it goes over there, and then we have little conclusions all the time. It's just the nature of thinking to have that occur. But then uh, the self-centered mind um, is not too supportive of the identity. It tends to, the identity, the assumed, pretended, imputed identity tends to kind of come apart. That's not too comfortable. This happens to children all the time. They're, they're used to things come and go. They just watch things come and go. They're not really sure, sure who they are. They get their identity from mom and dad and society and their friends and sandbox and so on. Temporary identity, discontinuous identity, just fine, works just fine. And as we get older, uh, our society, the culture, and uh, all of the other things that are happening around us that are grasping at this and rejecting that, all the various levels of discontent, warfare, and greed uh, recondition us to grasp at something, lock down on something. This happens, uh, sometimes we talk about the 12 links on the chain of existence, starting with ignorance and ending, ending, at, uh, ending in sickness, old age, and death. And the one we're talking about here is number nine, Upadana, grasping fixation, fixation. And uh, what comes up, um, we can like it or dislike it or be oblivious to it, but it's the, it's a grasping and clamping down on it that creates the difficulty that leads to the next, the 10th the one, which is called Baba, or becoming in other words, where we try to get what we were after just before, and we lost it. So now we grasp at that again. And then, of course, right after Baba comes birth. Please don't believe any of this, and don't look away from it. Study it. Don't gather information. Please don't come to conclusions about anything. You're just fine with no conclusions. If you don't find conclusions, they'll find you. Scary, huh? This is what Dogen talked about in the 13th century. You go after it. If you conclude, if you go after it, this is delusion. If you if you judge anything, anybody, any, I don't care if it's correct or incorrect, but if you go there, you're creating a further duality called me and them guys. My wonderful self, those poor wretches. Or I really suck. I can't get anything right. And why does everybody else succeed and I can't? You know what I'm talking about. You see it in other people all the time. That got a few smiles, not many. Don't conclude. And when I say don't conclude, of course, we're going to conclude. You can't help but conclude. But if I say don't, then you might look more closely at the way in which this is happening for you. You might even look at the way it seems to be happening for others. If you see that happening with others, no blame. Don't point it out to anybody. It's tempting, though, isn't it? When you see somebody obviously incorrect to say you might want to reconsider buying that Pontiac they make those anymore yeah. so don't buy it no parts <laughs> I were going to buy a car, a car and I didn't care about parts I'd buy a Studebaker <laughs> or maybe a 58 Porsche 1500 normal I can find one. 
So the Velcro, I'm using that kind of an image because it's just that when it sticks down, it's like some work to get it. You can get it loose, but it's kind of there. Rather than disconnect it like you can with Velcro, I would say just if you notice that you're fixated on something or you're clamping down on something or something, some thought pattern just keeps coming around in review. It's like comes on stage right and goes off stage left and right back on stage right again. Here it is again, 15 minutes later, 15 hours later. 15 seconds later, or maybe it doesn't even leave. Maybe it says, yeah, I'm leaving, and then the next thing you know. But I wanted you to see this part of the way I was thinking about this. Well, maybe if we looked at this from this point of view, this I'm just going to change this. I'm not repeating this. This is a little bit different angle on the, if you were to say it truthfully, the basic uh, lie that I was trying to convince you of. Can't help but lie. I once said that to an inmate in a prison many years ago. He really got kind of offended with me. I never lie. I stopped. I stopped lying. I do not lie anymore. I said, yes, you do. He said, no, I don't. And I said, okay. That was the end of it. He just looked at me and went on to something else. No point trying to disagree with somebody that you're trying to talk to someone about, but if they're not ready to listen or receive that, arguments are futile. That's what's spelled with a D, by the way. <laughs> I'm not saying we shouldn't convince you know, or if, if a person's open to it, so then have a discussion about this and that. But, but if there's no openness to it, then just zip it. Don't, don't uh, proclaim anything. And if you, you, as you have heard me say many, many times, this, we, the way we deal with this kind of Velcro thinking or Velcro thoughts or Velcro conclusions is to observe it. So you can see the way, and I have to do this kind of visually, you can see the way in which the, the, the conclusion or the attachment of the Velcro, the way that is, see every single little Velcro hook, that is the way that it is on there. If you actually witness that totally, excuse me, without adding any judgments to it, see it, see it's just attachment. Attachment, the word attachment or the word upadana uh, or the word grasping, uh, they're just descriptions of something that's going on. Not good, not bad. But if you see the way that happens, then this is the interesting part. If in the context of dependent origination, which means 15 zillion things uh, to the hundredth power, is there such a thing? Where's a magi magi magician? I mean, a math mathematician. <laughs> you know, mathematician might as well be a magician to me. Because I'm just blown away by the way people take three or four little scribbles and do something and then figure out how to make something that has nothing to do with numbers. How do they do that? So watching that grasping seems to be, and you know, with each person, it'll, it'll show up differently so that you, it'll be so different from what you thought it was going to be that you kind of want to check with somebody to see if what you're doing isn't just a waste of time or is this really going to help just kind of looking at that? How, how, how can looking at the grasping relieve the grasping? That's the only way it's going to happen, because if you pull it apart, say you could say prematurely, then it, it, it's you just think you've pulled it apart. But all you've done is changed this dynamic. It's going to hang on. It's like you ever tried to get rid of a baby raccoon? You can't. They won't let go. Very much. They're very similar to uh, baboons or rhesus monkeys or cyanos or African greens or macaques. Sounds like I know a lot about monkeys. <laughs> <laughs>
That's all I know, just their names. So actually look at that. And, and you know, then we could go back to the, the 12 links and talk about something earlier that happens, which is uh, uh, when there's contact, there is sensation or feeling. Look at the feeling, but don't necessarily abandon the feeling for what the feeling is about. So this is a, a seven and eight. You remember the names of those? Anybody? So six is contact. Seven is uh, is uh, uh, Vedana or feeling. Is that correct? Or is it eight? Where are my scholars? <laughs> so anyway, the idea is that we have a feeling and we have a desire uh, about that to get rid of it or to get more of it or a feeling that we're not concerned with it. And that seems to be the, the mechanism. You can actually look at it right there. You can bring the awareness right down to the actual desire. You don't have to get rid of anything. If you see it, then you'll operate. You won't get rid of desire, but you won't be at, uh, you won't be chained to it. And as I've said, well, I'd rather hear what you had to say. What's your question? I've heard it talked about that the Buddha worked his way back through the 12 links. Mm -hmm. um, and possibly starting with grasping, because that seems to be an area we have a little bit of relative say-so about. Do the previous links through practice begin to have, do we begin to have more say-so over those as well? I don't know if we ever have any say-so. That, that's, that's somebody having say-so. I don't know if we have that. But we can see that there isn't anyone that can have a position on anything. The positionality has to do with, with wanting things to be different than they are. And when one sees there isn't anyone, then you're, you never object to anything that's happening because you see it in the, what's the ordinary word, context of everything else. In other words, you see dependent origination. You see that even though there's a body form here and body forms here, that you're, you're not actually an individual in the sense that you thought you were. Questions? Said something about if we bring our awareness to the desire, we won't be changed to it. What chains us to our desires? Desire, want, wanting something, reaching out to something else. Have a desire, the desire is fine. But then when we, when we we want to get rid of that feeling of desire by fulfilling it, so then we move away from it. So just stay with the desire. There are other ways of teaching this. There's there's very traditional way of teaching it. Uh, I think in the, in the early schools especially is to get rid of the desire, is to stop desiring. Yes, desirelessness, misunderstanding, as far as I'm concerned. I'm getting, I'm getting you really love that word. It's just a misunderstanding, he said. Or I think he said that. Mr. and Mrs. Understanding, yes. What can desire look or feel like if it's not being fulfilled? Just emotion. It, any emotion? Well, it's going to be emotion. It's probably going to have some content to it. Like, I don't really want that. You know, some kind of me feeling. I want that. The desire doesn't have, doesn't there's no solid self there, then that may, it may have some kind of a momentum behind it and it may not. And it seems that we really have to witness these kind of activities, these kind of motions, emotions, in order to really understand how that works so that we can uh, take away the fuel lines more. What are the fuel lines? What do you think? Blinds. Did you say blinds? Blinds. Yes, they are. Good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs>
So passion, aggression, ignorance, and all the other aspects of the, of the, of the self-centered me, the seventh consciousness to go to another structure. I don't want that. I want that. I don't want that. Somebody feels like they're missing out. Somebody feels like they're getting too much of something, too little of something. Uh, some kind of uh, a feeling of loss or lack or something like that. that kind of materialism, of wanting more of something, something that we like, less of something that we is irritating us, bothering us, that we don't like. Don't you? You said a little bit earlier that reaching for something else changes us to our desire. Um, does that reaching, or is that reaching always action? Not necessarily. It could be just, uh, it could be, happen just in your, could be a plan to do that. It could be a, a imagining, a fantasizing about what that would be like. That can create the circularity. Doesn't have to be some physical thing reaching for a glass. What is this? Vodka? <laughs> it doesn't need to be that kind of thing. If, if that's what you're asking about, that can be just can be just indulging in your brain pain, just in your thinking about it. That might be the Velcro part of it. It might turn into some kind of action. Or it may just continue to circle, circle around in your fantasy about something. But it still has a circularity that keeps uh, uh, plenty of glucose going to the ego. No, I don't know anything about glucose. Jessica? Are thoughts actions in the karmic sense? Mm, yes. Yeah. Interesting area, though, to watch what the thoughts push and pull and how they go in circles and how they grab it or how they grasp at this and reject that grasp this that seems to be the velcro part of it sure. is sometimes you talk about weaning ourselves off of entertainment um, by sitting yes. seems to be like a side product of it um is it important to actively wean ourselves off entertainment off the cushion that's, I think that's pretty individual. The thing that's, uh, spe uh, that is, uh, specific, to, specific to everybody is that I think it's a good idea that everybody should just pull the plug on the food processor mind to sit down and hold still and watch the movement. I think that's pretty good advice for everybody. Recommendation or if, if you want to train your mind, if you're tired of being crazy. Um, but off the cushion, uh, then, then we're back into the, the kind of collective karma and individual karma that should be looked at more closely. So to some extent, I think less is better in that area because then if you do too much in that area, there's too much of a self-improvement kind of thing happening. And the, of course, that's anything you, all compounded things are going to be uncompounded. So don't necessarily create anything new as further stuff to overcome or undercome or whatever no accomplishment so it's better to just uh better uh, the way it looks uh to just watch that that being said if you have a uh if you have a situation like we have here uh and you have someone to talk to about your personal practice and talking to me uh might i might suggest something that you do especially if you ask me about it then i'm i might suggest that you do something else with post-meditation and it might you know might be something that would surprise you it might be something that would feel totally appropriate it might be something that would feel like oh, i want to do that you know, like painting the roof stuff like that you know so 
I think I think it varies a lot. Um, with the analogy of looking at the hand grasping, and then once you see it, it falls away. I'm wondering if we do we have to relatively get better, or does there have to be a dropping away to see clearly? I think there there may be a dropping away, and there may not. But the the clarity tends to work in ways that are not uh, you're not able to predict through the self-centered ego mind. But it's, it's, uh, at some point when there's when you're you're softening up towards your own, you're making friends with yourself is the way Trungpa Rinpoche would have talked about it. You're, you're no longer at war with your negativity. So therefore you realize that that's fine. Let the negativity be there. It might be a, if you were to put it into words, which is not necessary to do, you might be willing to be okay with your negativity. It's interesting that if you're kind of okay with your own negativity and you're kind of no longer fighting with yourself, very interesting how everybody else's negativity looks a lot softer and a lot more. You can see more of why people are functioning the way they are, the way they're doing, they are because they're unhappy. So therefore, and you're maybe not quite so unhappy because you're no longer fighting with yourself. As I sometimes say, as I always say, don't miss your life by trying to pretend to be somebody else. Yes. Is the opposite of that true? If we are giving ourselves a hard time, then other people are going to feel or seem more aggressive or negative? Yep. If you're having a hard time with this, one of the things that people often do that, that I've done is to try to shut down on that. But if you shut down on it, it just goes, so to speak, goes underground and comes out at the end of your finger. It's them. They're the problem. They're the person. And you may, I mean, relatively may be correct. They may be having a difficult time, but this is not really helpful to do this to somebody who's having a hard time. I don't care if they're three years old or 30 years old. It's not helpful. People already are having their negativity. They don't need you to come out or me to come out and jab at them about it. But if you're if you're just tired of jabbing at yourself, and you're critical of yourself, sometimes it's just a matter of just a just a subtle nuance to whether you're suddenly blaming others. I'm not just saying you, but I mean anybody. If we see that we're giving ourselves a hard time, we can't necessarily stop that. How can we be more generous to others? Yeah, just first start with yourself. Just, just when you're this is talk, uh, talking about sitting meditation, uh, talking about post meditation, I'll talk about that in a couple seconds. But just sit still and notice the negativity in yourself, and don't do anything about it. We'll cover it up. Don't fluff it up. When I say fluff it up, you know what I mean. Is I don't explain it. I mean, even if somebody, you know, when you were ten years old, abused you, I'm not denying that. But don't use that as a reason to keep on feeling like crap. Now, feeling like crap might be okay. You might have to go on and do that for a while. But don't reinforce it with uh, past history. There isn't anything but this moment. If you're talking about past history, this is the mundane world. This is uh, materialism. And this is what psychology and and all the court systems and everything is blamed on uh, the linear quality of time and space. I'm not denying it. Of course it's there. We have to deal with that too. But it's rare to find somebody who un understands it as uh, not only the mundane aspect, but the spiritual aspect of it, the transcendent aspect of being living beings. Rare to find someone like that. And you could actually begin to do that. You have your own, um, have your own consciousness to work with. Make friends with that. Or try to get rid of the suffering of your own 
psyche mind and also don't go the other way and try to uh, uh, explain it so it's reasonable it's not reasonable suffering is not reasonable it's diff difficult it's painful and this is not nihilism it's if anything it's just realism you have a bunch of nerve endings uh, they get abraded and sometimes they get abraded uh, in such a way that we can't experience it so what do we do with the experience we shut it down or we stuff it in the alaya vijnana or whatever you want to say with it modern psychology talks about repression uh, i wouldn't necessarily use that word are you sleepy no oh, i'm putting her to sleep that's good maybe me and him yes is there a word that you would use with Stuff being stuffed in the alia that's not. Um, I, would, I would use ignorance, ignoring, avidya, marigpa. You know, using, so you, you, in order to ignore something, you have to see, to some extent, have to see that happening or have a threat happening. And then ignore, the ignoring can take, take the form of all kinds of things. You could call it repression if you wanted to. It's just that that ties into psychology and ways to change that into something else or not be repressed anymore, trying to be somebody else. As practitioners, what are, how are we relating to the ignorance? Being as, you can, as much as you can, but just to be aware that there's an aspect of the mind that is doing that, that you can't see everything that we're ignoring. The open spacious and we're ignoring the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links in the Chain of Existence. We're ignoring all of the things that are show up in that way, just to, just the we're just very simply put, we're ignoring impermanence, like we were talking earlier today. This is a burning building. You're, we're all in a burning. It's on fire. It's burning and it's coming down. That's not negative. It's true. And if you see that, then you begin to understand uh, what the the four uh, four five six elements, whichever count you want to use, you begin to understand that what is part of this burning building is a the, the four elements or the five elements. And and then if you continue to look at this, you'll see that who you are is not not separate from that and not the same as that. It's it's a it needs to be a realization with each person. If that's a realization, you won't have any more questions. The Buddha nature is not something else. It's something that you're ignoring. The very first, the very first uh uh, twelve links, the twelve nadanas, the very first one is ignorance. Ignorance, yes. Is Buddha nature affected by the burning? The way you can affect Buddha nature. How is the burning not separate? From That's what you need to find out. Thank you. You need to do. It. If I could, I could just say they're not separate. They're separated, and that's why you have. Uh, that's why you have the appearance of this solidity. This, this is like a school. If you're here and you begin to see this, you begin to what this is, and you might just stumble onto a uh, someone who sees what this is. Buddhism aside. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Johnson from Muskegon has a question. Yes. Hello again. When we're navigating our attachments, how important is it to keep the middle way in mind? Are there useful attachments? Well... Jim, you could get attached to that rock suit you're sewing. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yes, that would be a useful attachment. And again, there's no time frame. I'm just joking with you. You could take take the rest of your life to do it. There's no, there's no deadline. 
On the other hand, to respond to your question, that's what that is about. Glue. Get, attach yourself to these teachings because there's nothing to attach to because they are empty of your imputation about the teachings. Even if there's sewing, all of you who have sewn a rock sewer, sewn a robe, know there's something about that is empty of everything you've done. It's, it's about a deep understanding of what this actually is. At the same time, we're all working with causes and conditions every day, whether it's how to make a living, how to pay the bills, how to keep our vehicles running, how to eat so that we can be healthy. No, I could talk more about that, but I'm sure there are some attachments that are that are workable. Is good in nature another name for just the quality of the lack of separation? I think quality uh, might come up in there, and there so in the sutras they've tried to talk about the qualities of a Buddha and to trying to help people give them some kind of a relative context. But I don't think we need that. I certainly don't need it. I mean, the, the marks of a Superman and the Chakravartin and the, and the swastika on the on the feet of the the Buddha and a bump in the middle of his head. Oh, he has one on the top. You know, there's all kinds of things like that, so I, I don't think it's necessary. It might have been necessary to do that in ancient times, preliterate times, perhaps. I, don't know. I have confusion that comes up around the concept of Buddha nature, and it seems like in some light it almost sounds like something, some bright other thing, but I'm wondering if it's more of a description or a quality that we have. So let me respond to it this way. It's, it's, it's something you are. It's not something you have. It's something you are. You are that. So there's no the qualities or, or might be some stair steps or uh, fancy railings or something. But it's, uh, and that may be necessary, like the Raksu or the robe or the Zendo or the meditation hall or the Sangha or the, the conceptual Dharma that's being we study here every day. And that this old man is endeavoring to to talk about uh, and the, the teaching person, and uh, but I, and there there are texts and uh, sutras that talk about the qualities of Buddha nature, but I don't even remember what they are. If you see it, you won't have any questions, and it's not even something you see so much as something that you just understand. It's a, it's such a simple, just a just a simple understanding it's like that and the whole world turns upside down did you greg from the uk has a few questions very good greg post meditation how do we deal with pushy people that challenge us wanting us to be somebody else than who we are especially when uncomfortable feelings come up push him back hit him with the club <laughs> <laughs> oh i think that's a not, not such a bad question. It might sound kind of over the top, but it's quite often we have feelings like that with, with the world. And I would say, uh, what I say over and over again, train your mind so that you don't get drawn into that. That, that talk about Velcro. The world is just spinning crazily. Not only the, uh, say, the good guys, so-called good guys, but the so-called bad guys. And not only the so-called bad guys, but the so-called good guys. I mean, you actually, there's so much Velcro swinging around out there that best to stay home and look at the wall. Because it's because if you if you get up and go into that world with your own, as you've heard me say over and over again, with your own unexamined uh, 
you know, under your third rib down or where maybe your own unexamined or un, uh, unacknowledged aggression that you might have started stuffing when you were six, seven, eight years old or three lifetimes ago from somewhere else that is still here. The else is not there. The else is here. And if you go out, then uh, I've said this, I've said this many times, but it's like a, you resonate with that aggression. You and you until you face really intense aggression. And we all know if you watch the news even a little bit, you can't get away from it. It's just pretty horrible. And it's not only it's, it's horrible the way it's turning upside down. Not only with whole nation states, but with individuals in those, people are becoming because they're they're they resonate with so-called leaders or what do they call these people that want to control everybody? Those guys um, resonate with that kind of thing. And then there's some kind of validation on people's feelings. Like you have to be me. I just have to express myself. I've had enough of this. I'm going to do something terrible and show people that, you know, I'm just not going to put up with whatever it may be. And that might be directed towards you. You, you know, you should be this, you should do that. You shouldn't do this. You should join me. You shouldn't believe what you believe. Your beliefs are wrong. It's a, this kind of thing is all over the place. It's a rampant. And so I would say to respond more directly to your question, uh, it's difficult to do, but insofar as you can train your minds, find some time to spend away from that so that when you do what we call post-meditation or in the world, in your job, around your family, around your friends, or around your enemies, or around people who are, uh, fit the description that you uh, just used. Of, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it, <laughs> it came across. And I would say so that when you meet those people, that your mind is trained in such a way that instead of immediately going to war with them uh, or going to peace with them, you know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what I'm saying, either fighting with them or going the opposite way, thinking that you're at peace and they're at war. This is just ignorance. And it's an extreme form of uh, form of uh, hidden pride when we think of ourselves, even just even in our own private uh, mental processes, our own uh, mind space. We have a sense that we're superior to people who are you're not superior Everything that goes around comes around. And if you're if you're laminated to samsara, which you are, if you're a human being, you're stuck here for a while. It's, it's just a mundane world. The spiritual uh, spiritual path is not available many places, even places that proclaim spirituality. Uh, go If you go in and listen to what they're talking about, it's not exactly that. It's more of a highfalutin kind of uh, egocentrism, to use a psychologist's word. So what I would say is, Greg, Greg, so I would say, Greg, is that uh, if you can strengthen your awareness, the space, uh, you could say, to be more aware of the space in which things occur, including these uh, assholes, uh, then you can see that you can see you can see the karma deeper. You, you can see the causes and conditions that arise behind this person, that they're miserable and they're uh, totally frightened. This doesn't mean you have to, you know, give them a big hug. Uh, or anything, but but you could at least have an idea of why that kind of crap is coming at you, because that's how they get rid of that negativity, that fear, is by throwing it at you, by shooting it at you, or if they're in charge of a whole country, by bombing you. It's just, uh, that's why the, the warfare that needs to be uh, seen is, where is it at? Is it here, or is it there? 
somewhere, one of those chakras is uh, full of uh, uh, karma stones. So awareness, if you can understand that, your awareness of, uh, about your own structure, your own mind and your own karma, your own pushing and pulling in yourself, uh, you're going to see that on the wall. Your own version of the world is there. And when you get up off the cushion, because you've spent some time, you could say stretching your awareness, that same open awareness, you might not feel more aware because things might look worse. Well, that's awareness because things are, karmically speaking, and in terms of the world, things are not good. But this has been going on since the Peloponnesian Wars. No, you guys all know about that. Or the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Just, it's just more of the same, coming and going. Worlds have come and gone. There have been, according to Buddhist, the Buddhist teaching, there have been billions of worlds coming and going. This is just one of them. This doesn't mean you shouldn't vote. <laughs> yes. Um, Bosker had a, a question, but he thinks you just answered it. That Bosker. <laughs> so I ask anyway. You should ask. Because I'll He's, say it totally different. He said, I wanted to follow up on Junchu's question about dealing with our negativity. And you said you would talk about how to deal with that off the cushion, but he didn't hear you complete that. So now that you're talking to Bosker. Let's see. How would Bosker best receive this? Let's see. I should say it in Sanskrit. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, so... And so, um, and quite often, this is something, even in the Hojo, in the interview situation, I run into this, people are having difficulty. So one of the things I say, and I, Bosco, I know you've probably heard this before, is to stay in your senses. I don't mean glue yourself to the senses, but just as you're dealing with negativity, and this might apply to Greg's situation also, as you're dealing with the negativity that's coming at you, uh, what, what, tends to happen to people, they kind of, because people get irritated and, and they, they kind of, we kind of suck our, uh, suck up into our thought process and get kind of paranoid or defensive or something in our thoughts, totally abandoned and ignored sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of smell, sense of hearing, uh, sense of seeing. We, we forget what we're looking at. We ignore it. We ignore what is actually happening. And it's not to say that by doing all that, you'll get to feel less uh, irritated or less aggressive or less defensive or less put upon by somebody's uh, uh, craziness or somebody's wishing to manipulate you. But at least your thought processes will have some company. I mean, you'll have the, 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 the input, the receiving, the colors of things, the, the, the taste of your saliva, for that matter. Uh, the thought, the thought process, uh, the thinking process, and that particular aspect of awareness, where or uh, some scars are rising and falling there, um, it's just a, it is not confined by space and time. It's not confined by anything, so it can be all over the place. And so, but the sense of seeing is right here. Sense of touch is right here, grounded. So by doing that, what happens? And I can just say uh, the way I would describe this is the. You can't stop the way you're feeling about the being attacked, just to put it literally. You can't stop that negative kind of irritation about the way someone's treating you. But the sense seals are not separate from each other. They're also not particularly connected in some kind of uh, tinker toy way either. But they're not. So when when 
when this sense is included and that sense is included, this, the, the, the mind sense of that which just senses thoughts, the objects of consciousness, or the thinking process, uh, is also included. And there, there becomes more of a, you can't, this isn't something you can come to a conclusion about, but it's, it's, there's more of an equilibrium. There's more of a, some equanimity happening there where you have more, there's more presence, there's more embodiment. You're actually, uh, consciousness is in a physical form. You're no longer denying that. You're no longer drawing up into your paranoia and wanting to get away or possibly even fear. This is why I always point to or talk about this uh, heart center. No warfare, no warfare here. No peace there here. That's a misunderstanding. Don't go to peace. That's just fancy kind of pride. If you have questions about any of that, especially pride, I'd be happy to respond. I, before I came in here, I locked and loaded. No, I didn't do that. I don't have any guns. Yes. Uh, nothing on that, but Jim Johnson has a response to your. <laughs> he says, LOL, LOL, LOL. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's a good one. Yeah, that's that's worth a couple stitches. <laughs> we have a few minutes if there are some final questions. Juju. A few more have come in online from Greg again. Mm -hmm. How do we work with judgments that come up instantly and we react before we catch ourselves? So I just think it's a matter of time. It's a matter of practice. Just continue to practice. Try to do some block setting, which if you don't have given talks on block setting, it's just a, a four-hour block of time where you decide to uh, you're going to you're going to sit down and hold still. You start with a sound. Four hours later, stop. What happens in that four hours? Use a clock. Don't use a smartphone. What happens? That's your awareness practice. Of course, the intent is to sit down and hold still and observe, but pay attention to the body-mind complex so that you don't uh, necessarily obey it, but you don't disregard it. It's about awareness. It's not about making yourself sit there for four hours. Although in, in each person's particular um, body-mind complex, however you want to say it, uh, it's going to show up differently. And so it'll be your four-hour block set, not someone else's. It won't be mine. You have nothing to uh, nothing to prove to anything, to anyone or anybody. So you may, if you do enough of that, if you did one, one of those a week, which isn't many hours, uh, that over time, you know, there would be more of a settling uh, situation. And there, even a possibility you might sit there at some point, sit there for four hours and not do anything else. Or you might get up after two hours and 15 minutes, go to the bathroom, come back and sit the rest of the time. It's about sitting down, holding still, and watching what, what's moving. That can be your diaphragm, your breathing, your thought patterns, your memory, your hopes and fears. I don't care what it is. Everything is an object of awareness. So I'm not interested in seeing you get better. I'm interested in seeing you. What was that thing I was interested in? Be genuine, as my teacher used to say. Be who you are. One more, if you have one more. Anywhere? Go ahead. Oscar says, thanks, that helps, and different from advice to Greg. I did good. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a pleasure, Oscar. Very good. Thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant books.
again, another reminder that we're always grateful for your financial support, which can be done through PayPal online. I also take checks in the mail, cash. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors.